So this Shabbos, yes, okay, so first of all, we're going to be reading the Shabbos, the Parshas Bamidbar. So it's not only a regular Parsha, but it's really the opening of the entire book of Bamidbar. It's called Bamidbar. That was my Torah portion. portion. Okay, great. So now Bamidbar is also known as the book, in the Gemara calls it the Chumash HaPikudim, the book of counting. It's because the beginning starts with a count. That's what the opening uh, verses are, to count the Bnei Yisrael. And I'll take a, we'll do a little bit different today. We'll, I'll teach you a little bit of a piece of the Hasidic, of the Alter Rebbe, of the Lakuta Torah, uh, what he explains, how he explains the verse. But I first just want to go over uh, the various different things. So we have the Parshat Bamidbar, and following Shabbos, we have the two days of Shavuos, of course. And then on top of that, today is Rosh Chodesh. So we have Rosh Chodesh, and we have the Parsha to discuss, and we have Shuas a little bit to discuss. Um, let's see, I'm not sure how much we'll be able to discuss the various different levels. Uh, but um, we'll concentrate first on the, uh, on the Parsha. Uh, and the Parsha actually is inherently connected to Shuas. Why? Uh, now, again, there's a certain setup of the parshios which we don't see a clear connection. Why is Bamidbar connected to Shavuos? We know the rule is Bamidbar is always read before Shavuos. That's a rule. Sometimes we'll also read the portion of Naso. That would be an additional, sometimes, occasionally. Most of the years we always read the parsha of Bamidbar. So you can just say it happens to be that way, but there is no real reason for it. But like in Judaism, in Torah, in tradition, everything, even things that don't seem to come because of a reason, still there has to be a, a reason for it. So uh, what is the connection between the portion of Bamidbar with the holiday of Shavuos, which Bamidbar always precedes Shavuos. Now in Israel, they're reading different parshiyot. Exactly. But also over there too, Bamidbar is also, they are off, I mean off a week, but because because of the last, yeah, because of the last day of of Achor Shopesach was was yomted by us and they started reading already. Yeah. So what so over there, um, I'm not sure exactly when they catch up. I'm not following the Israeli schedule, but it, perhaps later on they will read maybe the Shabbos Nasa and then they'll yeah. catch up later on when they'll make a double portion when we'll not. Or maybe they cut off. I'm not sure exactly where they're standing over there and I've not been following that. So and there's a rule always, about it. It's what? not always Bamidbar then. But is always before Shavuos. But not necessarily... Sometimes there's an exception, but mostly it is. Not the Shabbos before. The, the Shabbos before. Sometimes there will be another Parsha before it also. Sometimes Nasa it would be. But Bamidbar will never be after Shavuos. It will always be before Shavuos, or maybe another will stick in Nasa also before Shavuos. But mostly, it's Bamidbar comes before. So what's... Really, what's the connection? So there is no open connection over here. When I say an open connection is... You know, there, there wasn't the reason why Bamidbar comes always before Shavuos is not because of somehow we're trying to connect Bamidbar with Shavuos, but it's just because of everything else works out with the portions of the Torah, with the summer, with, with the Simchas Torah, with having to finish the Torah. There's a whole calculation. So it almost seems that because of everything has to be in place, 
That's why Bamidbar is before Shavuos, but not that there is a connection that we want to read Bamidbar before Shavuos. That's on the very simple level. But in Torah, everything is connected. And if Bamidbar comes before Shavuos, uh, it means that there is a connection. We have to find the connection between Bamidbar and Shavuos. So there's very connection. Yeah, go ahead. I just thought of one. Right, go ahead. <laughs> As you say, it's accounting. And we say that there were 600 souls on, is it Mount Moriah? Or Mount uh, no, Mount Torah. There were 600,000 plus. The Jewish people got 600,000. So that's accounting of a number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, words, I understand. How many words but, but, there are in the Torah? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is a lot of six hundred thousand. Yeah, that's that's nice connections. But uh, we want to find out more of a of an inherent connection, not just a number. Just not that there is numbers there. Okay, I'm sure there is. That's 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 valid too. The way the Alter Rebbe explains the verse, as we're going to learn, we're going to see that um, he talks about the special opportunities that we get on Shavuos. Of course, Shavuos is being Matan Torah, the time that the Torah was given. Uh, Torah was given many years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, but yet every year we have a new a repeat of something of that revelation. So when Shavuos comes around, we're uh, enjoying a certain level of connection to Hashem in a, in a much higher level. As we will learn today, we will see um, that we have a connection to Hashem on various different levels. You know, we have a, on various different levels. Uh, there is a level of a connection of Hashem in which it's based on, on our rationale. It's based on our rationale, which means we understand uh, we appreciate, and we get inspired by our uh, reflection and meditation. We, if you know that something is good for you, okay? Uh, so the more you understand that it's good for you, then the more you get excited about it, and the more you want it. So uh, basically, certain things you want are based on the fact that you can understand what's so, what's so good about it, and that's why you want it. But then there is a uh, higher level of desire in which uh, you put your uh, you put your your your, your uh, intellect aside, and you sort of connect with Hashem beyond your intellect, which means you have a desire for Hashem on a higher level, as we're going to speak, uh, the Rebbe is going to explain. Briefly, I mean, it's a long mimer, but I'm saying it just in the shorthand a little bit of it. Um, the verse uses a very, not the usual language for counting. What does it say? Literally, it raise says... Raise up. Raise. So it says, su'u. Su'u, we interpret it as count. But su'u literally means like naso raise. Su'u. Su'u, raise. Then it says es rosh. Rosh is the head. Raise the head of the entire community of Israel, koladas Yisrael. Now, where do you raise him to? So it says legul What is gul geloisom? means the skull. 
literally it means, I mean, the way we interpret it, this is literally the way we, the, 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 the pshat, the interpretation is, count the Jewish people, the heads of the Jewish people, to the skull. Each skull is one, basically, that's what it means. But if you read the verse literally, it says, raise the head to the skull. What does it mean, raise the head to the skull? What, what, is, what does that mean? And uh, and, th- and this is where the Alter Rebbe, his interpretation, he says there is a deeper meaning to it. And the connection to Shavuos is because he says on Shavuos especially, we experience that level of raising our heads to our skull, you know, our heads to the skulls. Whereas the head represents our understanding. That's something which we can... Uh, grasp, you know, our heads grasp it, we appreciate it, we, we sense it, we get a, uh, we can feel motivated by that. But anything about Hashem that we can really understand about Hashem, because Hashem is infinite, that means that we're understanding only a little part of it, because Hashem allowed us, He constricted Himself, and He, at uh, Simsum it's called, in the, He was Metzamtzem, He contracted himself in, 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 in a way that we should be able to, 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 uh, to, to receive something. No different than you put a, uh, uh, you want to give a baby to drink, you have to put on the bottle, you have to put on a nipple over there because if you're going to give him a cup, it's going to go all over, he can't take it. You have to make a little, a tiny flow and a little bit they can get, that's, they can nourish. So for us to get the flow from the Ein Sof in such a powerful way, it has to come down just a very little so that we can appreciate it a little bit. So that, that's called the Rosh, that's called the head. That's the, that's the thing that we can understand. And again, it's a very little, very little part. You know, even when we say, like when we learn Torah, and uh, we understand Torah, we, we, we grasp it, and we're supposed to understand Torah. We're not supposed to just say words, but we're supposed to really uh, try to, the best we can, to understand, come up with ideas, come up with the insight, you know, to really get a real good understanding. But it would be foolish from us to think, oh, we really understood Hashem's Torah, you know, what it is to understand Hashem's wisdom is infinite, but Hashem has put His infinite wisdom and His infinite wisdom, will in like very, very small bits and pieces, or it descended into a level, a very physical and a very uh, mundane, some things that we can, you know, comprehend with our brains, you know, that we can, we can get it. Uh, uh, the skull, that represents the level which is beyond understanding. That is the level that surrounds you, that goes above, which is higher than your head. Sometimes you feel a sense of humility or of self-effacement in front of something which is much greater and much larger than you are, because even though you don't understand that the... uh, the person, the idea, you don't get it, it's beyond your intellect, but just the presence of being in the presence and sensing that there is greatness over here, like in the presence of a king or in the presence of 
something very great. You know, you you you, you may not fully appreciate it in your mind uh, because you don't really know. But yet you you sort of lose yourself. You become a phase that are called the level of bittel, just because of the appreciation that there's something beyond my seichel. Uh, the idea, as the Alter Rebbe explains, we're reading inside a little bit, but the Alter Rebbe explains to raise the rosh, to raise your understanding, your appreciation, to the even the higher level, the level of skol, the level of legul goloisum, to the level which is beyond your understanding, so that what is beyond your understanding uh, should sort of also impact the person. But how do you do that? Okay, and Rosh Hashanah is a time. That's the connection to Shavuos. The Alter Rebbe says Shavuos is a time when Hashem gives us the opportunity. It's not fully, fully. We we are not yet. When Mashiach will come, Tchisamaisim. At that time, the world will be in a different level. Everything will be revealed in this physical world. Right now, we have a glimpse of it. We have a little bit of it. We have an experience of it. It's not a fully something that we can, uh, like we said, because it's still kind of, it's, it's beyond us. But on Shavuos, and at certain times, we have, we raise, because ourselves, because the level of our understanding, because it's limited, is only that much you can sort of connect to Hashem. It doesn't really take you fully, because it's, you know, every person has, has a different mind. Everybody has a different depth and a different uh, width and a different understanding. And everybody perceives Hashem according to their to their ability. You know, it's not like, not one, there's not one, everybody perceives Hashem according to their ability. Uh, there's a verse actually from the Eish Chayil, which the Zohar uses, very uses. In Eish Chayil, over there, one of the, one of the verses you say there is, Noda, Basharim Bailo. It talks about the about the Ashes Chayil, about the woman of valor. So, but it says that Noida Basharim Bailo. Her husband is well known in the gates, meaning in the gates, meaning in the in the cities. He's a very popular, the wife, the husband of the of the of the Ashes Chayil. But the Zohar has a little bit of a different play on the words. He translates it different. He says, Bailo, so the whole song of Eishas Chayil is really a metaphor between the Jewish people and Hashem. We're considered like the wife of Hashem. Hashem is our husband. And that's why, you know, many times you find, you know, the, 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 the marriage, the, the, the Torah is like the ketubah, the, the marriage contract, you know, Hashem is married to the Jewish people and then when Hashem uh, sort of gets angry at us, he sort of says, I'd never... I never gave her, I never gave him a divorce, he says. <laughs> so even when Hashem is angry at us, and when we broke, when we did the eagle, it was a separation, maybe. It was a little bit of a, of a, you know, had a, we had a little quarrel, and we had, they got upset at each other, but Hashem gets upset at us sometimes. But it doesn't mean that Hashem neglects it. That's the, the Navi says, Ezo get Christus, Asher Shalach, did I dare give a uh, divorce to you? I never did. Moshe so, was the mediator. Well, again, yeah, Moshe was the mediator. He made Shalom. He tried to make, get the peace together. No, but the, the point here is, uh, Hashem is our husband. So, uh, so basically the Zohar says, Noda, Noda, 
Baila, her husband, meaning the husband of the Knesset Yisrael. Jewish people, when we talk about Jewish people at whole, we call it Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael is the name, the ingathering of the Jews. Knesset Yisrael. So uh, that's basically the source where all of our souls, when we talk about all the Jews, Knesset is like the Knesset in Israel. Knesset. It's called Knesset Yisrael, an Indian gathering, which when we talk about the Jewish people, so the Jewish people, the Knesset Yisrael, that's the Eishas Chayim. And then we say, Noida Bashorim Bailo means that Hashem, who is the Bailo, who is the husband, is known, Bashaori means in the measures, Shiur, like a Shiur, a class Shiur is a measure. A measure, which means, it, that's what the Zohar translates it. It says that we all perceive Hashem according to our measures. Hashem is known to us. How do we know Hashem? By our measures. It's a measured knowledge that we have. Each individual understands Hashem to the capacity that they have in, in being able to comprehend Hashem. That's a, a comprehension. And what, what happens to comprehension? So your yearning, your desire to connect oh, you know there's something really good over there, something is so good, so you want to connect with it because you, you love it, you understand that this is so good for you, this is so, you, 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 you know, you hear about a, a good program, or you hear, oh, there's some sort of a, a weight loss program, you hear there is a, oh, and the more you understand how good it is, so the more you want to do it, so you understand that Hashem is good for you, so you say, oh, let me, so that pushes you to go ahead and, Go ahead and, and try and achieve that. But that's a very measured level according. So your level of connection is based upon how much you understood it. But then when you understand that there's something bigger than you, it's not something that is comprehensible to you, but it's you're, you're reaching into a level and understanding, hey, you know what? My limited uh, knowledge or my limited understanding is really limited, but I, I could see... Hashem out there is so so, so great, and so powerful, and so uh, so much more that it's not like I want I, like I want something specifically. I just want to self-efface myself and be included. I want to be want to be part of Hashem. It's not something that is, so that's not unlimited. So the way the Alter Rebbe says it over here in the uh, in the bridge version of the Mimer. He says that there's two types. This is the lotion of the Kabbalah. Also says, is ratzon is ratzon. There's two levels of ratzon, two levels of desire to Hashem. There's a ratzon, a ratzon in desire. There's a yearning that is drawn from your in, from your understanding and your intellect, and that's based according to the depth of your seichel. How much is seichel? And that means that you are able to grasp how. The quality, you see how good, what's going to happen to you. Look what's going to be to me. This, this thing is going to change my life. It is so good. And the more you understand how much that is going to change your life, if you know how much Yiddishkeit is going to change your life, you know, for the better. You know, you talk a lot of times, you talk to people who became close to Yiddishkeit and they, and they said, they feel... That Baruch Hashem, God gave them a privilege, an opportunity to connect to Him. Because they said, you know what a quality of life we would have had if we had not really become close to Hashem? You know, what kind of quality? It would have been, 
you know, wasted, so much wasted, you know, getting close to Hashem, and the more you think about it, and the more you appreciate, and you see the benefit, you see it's basically the benefit of what you're thinking. I, I, we're talking about Yiddishkeit now, but in the, in the matter, generally, anytime you understand something. So, when we talk about how good is it to connect to Hashem, how much of that can we understand? How it's so good to connect to Hashem. How much of that can we understand? Not that much, because uh, we can only know Hashem from creation, because we we start from when we've been created. But there's much more to Hashem besides creation. Uh, we Hashem Himself, it says, let machshavat visabei. There's no thought that can grasp, understand really Hashem. Uh, so what does it mean that a person gets excited about Hashem? Well, we do get excited about Hashem. That's merely uh, an external, you know, your heart externally. Sometimes there's something inside you, and sometimes it's externally. That is an external love, an external desire for Hashem. Because your heart is able to contain that level of understanding, that love your heart can contain. It's not too much for it because it is the, as we said before, it's no bailo. That's the measured level of love that the Zohar speaks about that you can get to Hashem. Um, now, we have to understand, as I said before, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, Hashem is so great because I, I see how great Hashem is. But wait a minute. If you can see how great Hashem is, that means that Hashem had to humble Himself so that you can really understand, as the saying goes, where you find God's greatness, that you find His humility. So... If you're going to have a, uh, a child who's excited, you know, he has uh, $50, you know, he knows that, you know, that's such an enormous amount of money. That means that he doesn't have a real comprehension in really what money is. But in his level, $50 is like so much, you know, that it's more than he's ever had. So um, for us to appreciate... Hashem is like $50 for the kids, you know, but what do we know? Meaning, Hashem had to come down and say, look, I'm also $50, you know, I also have this. So we, so we get excited about it, because to us, it's a whole lot, you know, we see Hashem. But in the end of the day, uh, we are able, our heart can uh, be fired up from that understanding that we understand from Hashem. Uh, yeah, go ahead. On a very personal level, uh, 35 years ago was my first trip to Israel, and at the cocktail I had a very strong connection with, with God. And I vowed that when I got back to Connecticut, I would start going to Saturday morning services. And I'm just realizing this June is 35 years. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. amazing. 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 Okay, now. Such a powerful feeling. Now, this is, this is a, uh, a measured love that we have. But then we have the uh, higher level of Ratzon. 
higher level of desire. Because we have to realize we, we have a soul which comes from a very high place. It descends, it goes through various transformations until it joins us in our body, we're here. But even though while the external part of the soul is dressed up in our body, but we still have the essence of our soul. Uh, uh, the essence of our soul is still on a very, very high level. It descended from there, but there is that uh, part in us. Uh, in the level of the soul, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we call it, there's five different levels of the soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, Yechida. Yechida is the level which is the essence, essence of the soul, which connects with the soul the way it's above. So the externally, externally, um, it seems to us, what we deal with is basically the nefesh, ruach, and neshama. That's what we deal with. The parts of the chaya and yechida, those are the uh, parts that we have, but they're not sort of on a, they're in our behind our conscious. They're not conscious. That's something which is hidden in the in the. How does that go with when a person dies? With what? When a person dies, how does that go with that? Uh, I'm sorry. So what? What can so you explain? A person's soul. You say all no. of his soul is there. Yeah. So is that the Yechida part that goes to Hashem? Or is no, that all, all, no all, all the parts of the all soul. The they sort of reunite, but the um, Yechida is, comes from the highest part. Uh, and then some of the soul goes to the Ganeidin. Ganeidin is in, depending on which level Ganeidin, some is in Bria, some is in Yitzira. There's various different, that's various different, uh, different levels. But the, 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 the point over here is... Uh, we, we don't cognitively connect with our yichida. We don't, it's there, but we don't, it doesn't uh, normally, uh, it doesn't normally influence us on a regular basis. That's but sort of the... we get this chukka? That, like that's what we talk about, shavuot, that is the raising it to the gulgaloisim. That's going to be the, this is the special opportunity of shavuot. Let's just go finish over here. Um, so, he says, while we cannot really understand Hashem, that's which is higher than our understanding, but we could understand that there's something great out there. So we may not get what it is, we may not understand, but we know there's something so powerful, so thing that, and you can actually feel it. You can actually feel it. You're actually, your Yechida feels that, Okay. And what is the, what you want is, you want to sort of be included in that. You want to be included to that level. Uh, but your heart, your heart over here, your external heart, what we call the heart, what you feel, isn't a vessel to contain that level of, of, of love. That's why some great tzaddikim expired. Some of the great, greatest tzaddikim expired, and they didn't, um, they never, um, uh, never came back. You know, that was because they had that level of yichida, 
uh, come down or they experience something more than their heart can contain. So it gave they gave it gave, it gave away. Uh, so therefore, basically, that's a level which is not like we said before. Every person gets their own level, what they perceive, because that's measured into each one's individual level. And the level of subjugation, that is, we're all equal, because the, the, the greatest chacham, the biggest uh, scholar, and the simplest person have equally an understanding of really what Hashem is beyond the one they can understand. The level, that understanding that Hashem is beyond everything, is equal by the great chacham and the simple person because it's beyond everybody. And that, that's why we call that uh, surrounding. We call that makif. It's called the skull. It's called the lukul galoisum. That's the skull which is above the brains. The brain is inside. That's the part which you can comprehend and understand. And what we're saying, raise the head. So raise that lower level of desire to Hashem, which comes from the uh, Hashem's presence in the creations, which Hashem comes down into the world, raise it to the skull, which means raise it to your source of your soul, to the Yechida. Take your cognitive, raise it to the uh, hidden, to the what's, what, what's hidden within you. Uh, and that would that comes from not understanding Hashem, but from self-effacement, from, from lack of, of knowledge, from not from no, knowing that there's something much bigger than you. So, what connects these two pieces? What connects your head with the skull? What connects your, basically, your nefesh ruach neshama with your chayi yechida? What connects it? That's what Matan Torah and Shuvah is. That's what Matan Torah Because what happened... By Matan Torah, you see, it says like this, when the Yidin got the Torah, every time when Hashem said one statement, one sentence, their soul flew away. That is the level of meaning of uh, expiration. They were totally self-effaced, self-negation, totally flew away. And the reason is because every uh, dibur, every word, comes from comes from Anochi, comes from a very high place, comes from like the level of Yechida, or in Hashem, from Hashem it comes from a very higher place, not measured by the world, we can't contain that, so usually it explains in, 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 in the Gemara, it says actually the word Anochi, the first word of the Ten Commandments. What does Anochi mean? I. Now it says Anochi, what is the next word? Hashem. Next word? Now what's the difference? Hashem is one name of Hashem. Elokecha is another shame. And then it says, Anoichi, your God. Anoichi means I. So, as the Hasidic explains, that I, the Gemara actually, Anoichi mi she'anoichi. I, whoever I am. When a person says I, when you say the name of Hashem, that's already some sort of a format. The Yud, K, Vav, K. There's meaning to the word Hashem. He creates. It's already a certain name that we're naming Hashem. Elohim is even goes down even lower. 
But when you say Anochi, I, then you're talking about I, whoever I am. That's my essence. I'm not saying. So he says, Anochi, I, Hashem, Elokech, I'll come down and become your God. So on Matan Torah, we connected with Anochi. Anochi was what came to reveal the revelation on that time. So the Jewish people got something from the higher level, and therefore they expired. Now, that, that happened in Matan Torah, but the truth is, Hashem put some of that into the Torah too, because um, first of all, uh, even when we learn Torah, right, we don't know the reasons for the Torah, like the Chomash, we learn the Chomash, we don't know the reasons for everything. I mean, even with all the commentaries that people give, those are just small suggestions of different things of meaning, how to read the words, but the Torah has secrets, you know, beyond secrets, we don't, we don't really know. And then, the reasons for the Torah we don't know. So, really, the Torah is not really uh, logical. It has descended in, in, uh, into physical matter so that we can grasp it, but it really has the, uh, the uh, really powerful uh, presence of Hashem in the Torah. Uh, it's it, it's actually it's interesting talking about Matan Torah and Shavuos over here and talking about that you get Hashem Himself. It um, it says that sometimes people learn Torah for the wrong reasons. Of course, one has to learn Torah for the sake of Torah, connecting to Hashem, the knowledge of Hashem, knowing how to do the mitzvahs, knowing how to uh, uh, do things. You know, so there's that. Those are for the sake of Hashem. Sometimes people study. You know, they enjoy learning, you know, they just learn learning. Okay, sometimes people study for bad purposes. People want to be arrogant. They want people to, to give them cover. They want people to honor them. They want to, so that, and sometimes people even do for worse things. Sometimes people want to learn Torah because they're trying to fight against the Torah, you know, like to find the Torah wrong. You know, they're trying, they're going to figure out, you know, they, sometimes people have bad motives for learning of Torah. But the Gemara says like this, that a person should always learn Torah no matter what. Why? Because the, the, the language of the Gemara says, the mo'er shabo machzir lemutav. The luminary that's in Torah will bring him back to good. In other words, let, we don't care for what reason he learns. He can learn whatever he wants for the bad purposes, for bad reasons. But guess what? The Torah has in it an inherent uh, medicine in it that whether you like it or not or they're using it the right way or not you're going to be touched by it you're going to be affected by it it's going to make a difference you have that anochi you have that higher than logic so that's why logical you have a person who's a Russia who's an evil person who doesn't care about Hashem and Torah so you say hey why should he study Torah what is Torah going to do for him but we're saying no that person should study Torah because in the Torah is hidden that luminary, that Anoch is hidden in there, which is beyond, that's the skull, that's the part which is beyond perception, beyond comprehension. And um, usually we say, uh, another thing, it says, the, the, the language, if you're precise, the Altarebi makes note, uh, the um, Language over here is the luminary that's in Torah will bring him back. It says mutav. 
Sometimes we have the word tov, and sometimes they have the word mutav. Machziroi lemutav. Lemutav means also to good. That's which don't pay attention. The tov, lemutav. But the Rebbe makes a difference. He says, it says when Hashem created the light, he saw that the light was good. Bayaris or kitov, that it's good. What does it mean, kitov? So the Medrash says, it's not the light is too powerful for this world. Hashem took and he hid it for the tzaddikim for Ganeidin. So that's the light is kitov. Because that's already, but that's still a light which is measured according to the world. But mutav is the source of tov. That is, that is talking about the Anochi light. That is talking about Kester or the crown, the skull, the Golgoylos. That surrounds the person. And, um, and that's basically, uh, it says, so the, 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 the Parsha goes on to talk about that they were counted, and then the Levine were counted, and then they, and then they carried the the uh, ark, the, the 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 Mishkan, the tabernacle, and then you have. So sometimes we have our Mishkan built. Mishkan built means we're all set. You know, our sanctuary for Hashem, it's set, it's built, it's in place, and uh, but then there is sometimes. Uh, the Mishkan is uh, sort of uh, taken apart. It represents our lives, so sometimes we fall apart. You know, we're not happy with ourselves, we're not doing what we should do, we're not, uh, this isn't going the way, that isn't going the way, we're not in control of our lives, our lives are in control of us, we feel upset, we feel let down, we're not happy. It's called Bachanoi Mishkan. The Mishkan is, is down, is not, so now we got to, raise the Mishkan up. So who were the three sons that raised the Mishkan? It was Gershon, Kohos, and Merori. Those were the three uh, sons that survived. The, Le- the Levites, they were divided. And these three families, the sons of Levi. Levi had three sons. Gershon, Kohos, and Merori. And the, so the posse goes and uh, delineates the various different jobs that each one of these families does. But basically... You have Gershon, and you have Kohos and Merori. So the Alter Rebbe uses these names uh, to say how to how to get yourself up. How to those are the Levim pick up your Mishkan. They are the ones that help you move on. So first thing is Gershon. Gershon is Gershon means to Gershon to kick out. You gotta. Kick out all the bad uh, thoughts in your head, all the depressing thoughts, all the down, all the bad things. You know, go ahead, push them all out. Push out, push as hard as you can to uh, get rid of the uh, of the evil that's within you. As using the phrase we use for tashlich, when you throw away your sins and on Rosh Hashanah, yom. Throw it in the depth of the ocean. All your uh, negatives and all your uh, troubles that occupy your mind, just throw them into the wave in the ocean. Get rid of them. So that, that's the first thing. And the next thing is, uh, Murari, you should... No, but, yeah, but the Rebbe uses the lotion. This, I don't know. I know, Gersh goes that's but that's the way the Rebbe uses it over here. I don't know. I, I thought about that, but that's in, the, in this context. I'm listening. Merari, the, the Rebbe says, is one should really 
realize, and he should feel, uh, you know, uh, bad for his soul. Feel bad. Marori means bitter. Feel bad, you know, why I came to this position. In other words, you can't leave this position without sort of feeling remorse, you know. Feeling, you gotta, you got to chase out the thoughts and you got to feel a, a level of remorse, a level of meridus, a level of bitterness of your situation. And that will give you the power to turn things around. That will take, and then you'll have cause. Cause means you'll gather in, uh, which means that you will take your darkness. It'll start to shine like the day. You'll take darkness will become light and the sins will become into merits turn things around this is what the Levim did to raise the Mishkan they raised the Mishkan they helped us get back into focus and then the Kohanim come that's the Levim then come the Kohanim with the service uh, and um that is what we're talking about, to express your love to Hashem, the davening and the various done. Can't just, not only the study of Torah, but it has to be Torah and davening and good deeds and the combination. And that sort of gives it a lasting and a continuous hold on it. I mean, this is a short version of that longer mimer over there in this, in this, in this Lakuta Torah, but it seems like Shavuos, that's what happened in Matan Torah then, but it seems like every year we get that opportunity. What does that mean? That we get sort of a, a nudge from above, uh, even subconsciously. We get that, you know, even though we're uh, maybe not prepared or we didn't, uh, we're not capable of really understanding, but something above us uh, sort of gives us a pull, like the strength pulling on us and telling us, you know, Torah is here, Shavuz is here, and giving you that extra push to really uh, connect to Hashem in that in that way. Um, and Bamidbar is when we read this parsha, so that's why I think the connection when it comes to Shavuz is very um, is very clear from this mimer the way the author explains it here. Um, on the other hand, also Shavuz is also notwithstanding the fact that it's a very spiritual holiday and it's a time of connection, we're talking about those spiritual things, is actually a mitzvah to eat on Shavuos. You know, milchix is a dairy, or that, that's a tradition, but, uh, you know, some, some, on some, on, on a regular holiday, there is uh, the, uh, a question. Um, there is a question of, are you allowed to fast on a regular holiday? The law is that you're not allowed to because uh, there's, there's, there's different verses. Some verse says the holiday should be for Hashem. So that means all what you got to do is study Torah, do mitzvahs, you know, on the holiday. The other one says the holiday should be for you. So that means you should enjoy it. You need to eat, drink, have a good time. And the compromise of the halacha is half for Hashem, half for you. You know, good for everybody. Chetzi Hashem, chetzi lachem, half and half. But on Shavuos, the Gemara says, everybody agrees that you have to have 
a lochem, that it has to be. You have to eat. You have to eat on Shavuos. There's a mitzvah to eat on Shavuos. Now, there is an exception. On Shabbos and Yontav, you know, uh, the, the mitzvah of eating is connected to the mitzvah of pleasure, enjoying. But what happens, you know, it says somebody, certain dreams that a person needs to fast for. You see a sefetora burning, or there's various different bad dreams that one needs to fast. A person who doesn't fast feels like very, very bad, you know, it bothers them. So there is even a, an exemption on Shabbos, to fast, because if you're not going to fast, you're going to be so upset that um, you're not going to enjoy the Shabbos. So your enjoyment is going to be fast. It's an exception for a tiny scholem. Also, a person who food caused them pain. You know, so there are a lot of fasts you know, for, for that exceptional reason. But you're going to have to Make up if you fast on Shabbos, you're gonna to have to fast another day to make up for fasting because mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, so don't be so quick to fast on Shabbos because you still didn't go through with the rabbi said that we they said you're supposed to enjoy the holiday by eating and eating and drinking, having a good time, not by fasting. So you had a good reason, but you'll fast for that because you didn't follow them. But by Shavuos, everybody agrees that you have to eat, and by Shavuos, you shouldn't fast at all. Because the Torah was given, but you have to show that we love the Torah. We don't want to fast, but but the Torah is so spiritual. So why do we have to eat for the spiritual? Why don't we learn, and like we do all night Shavuos, we learn. Why do we need to eat on, 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 on the Torah? The Torah is so spiritual. We're talking about various different kinds of rutzin, of self-effacement, self-negation. We're talking about a logical conclusion to, to love Hashem. A will, will for Hashem. Why do we have to eat for that? What's the how does food come into the equation? And the answer is because that is precisely the Torah was given us to include every part of our part. That's why we are here in this world. Hashem wants us that the body should be happy with the Torah, not just this shana shama should be, not just your chayy yechida. We want the chayy yechida to touch your physical. We want that. That's what the purpose is. Purpose is to make a difference. You have to eat over here so that we can see that the Torah is not just a lofty good idea way up there just for your intellect. But the Torah, it's a little similar to the idea we spoke about last week right. also. Uh, but how do you like mesh it? Because like, when you're sitting and eating and the cheesecake and then... And I think you're not feeling this. (laughs) And that's the Torah. I'm enjoying the Torah. Wow, we're so lucky we got the Torah. I'm even going to eat the extra ice cream, the extra thing. I'm going to eat it because I enjoy the Torah so much. But anyway, so that's that's the idea. Spirituality.